Mr. A here, saying, how y'all doing? Yo! Are you ready to rumble? Or should I say tumble? Cause I don't stumble or fumble like a Greg or Brian Gumbo. Standing on the ground, flat feet, work, coming bottoms and charts, and I'm doing it on my terms. Welcome to the Rumble. We are back and better than ever helping you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. We don't want you sucker punch, so we're here each and every week helping you keep your guard up. I am Jeremy LaBelle with Remedy Claims Consulting at Claims Coach on Instagram and TikTok, and they just call me the mouth of the South. And alongside of me once again is the catastrophe queen, the claims dame, Miss Jessica Odell. And as always, the fantabulously fantastic, the flamboyantly felicitous, the one, the only, baby cakes, Miss Donna Lavelle. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good. Do y'all ever get the strangest sense of deja vu? Because sometimes I have the strangest sense of deja vu. It really happens to me like this whole thing has happened before. Anyway, I I don't know. I just get that strange feeling from time to time. (laughs) You should probably explain that. Deja vu. It's when you have the strange sense that all of this has happened before. I thought I did explain. Explain why we're having deja vu. I don't. It's just that strange feeling. I I don't know. It's because I screwed up and I didn't hit record. Is that what it was? You were over there twisted and tweaking, and you didn't. I forgot to hit record. And you twisted when you should have tweaked. Yes. That's what happened. I guess. God. I looked down and I was like, "It's not recording. We have to do it over." Oh, that was so much. And it was perfect. I'm going to tell you, it was a. If nothing else, it was a great rehearsal. It was perfect. It really was. It was bad this time. Know that there there was a perfect version. We were all very proud. There is a perfect version in the ethos. It will never be seen or heard from again, but there we go. Just know it's there. Well, what's going on uh, in the world? What what do you need to enlighten us with these days? I want to tell you a story about the guy who invented dynamite. The guy that invented dynamite. Yes. So a newspaper had mistakenly reported him as deceased, and they wrote an obituary calling him the arbiter of death for profit. That's a hell of a legacy. Yep. And so it turns out it was his brother that died, but they accidentally reported his name and, you know, what he was what he was known for. Um, So he invented dynamite, which is, you know, used for all kinds of interesting things, bombs, grenades, road building. Yes. Stuff like that. Yep. (laughs) I found getting through the mountains is much easier with it. With dynamite. So anyway, he didn't want to be, he was, he was appalled at this. He did not want to be known as the arbiter of death or anything negative for what he'd invented. And he'd gotten super rich um, from this invention. So he decided to donate all of the profits that he had ever made to an organization that would um, reward and recognize the most gifted minds in the world. That is awesome. Yep. So now... Is that organization still around today? Yes, it is. It is? So now he is not known as the um, inventor of dynamite. He is... Alfred Nobel is now known for the Nobel Peace Prize. Alfred Nobel is the inventor of dynamite, the arbiter of death, and... Uh, <laughs> the founder of the Nobel Peace Prize. And the founder peace. of the Nobel Peace Prize. Advocate for peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> advocate for peace. And... Uh, 
they do other things. They've got science. They've got all kinds of different things that they, uh, that Sheldon Cooper. Sheldon, yeah. Yeah, he won the Nobel Prize mm-hmm. for Him for and uh, Amy Farrah Fowler. Amy Farrah Fowler. That is, uh, that is our reference to uh, the Big Bang Theory television show. If you haven't watched it, just skip it. Um, <laughs> Why? Yeah, no, that's a must. <laughs> Like, it is. A, it is actually a great. If you haven't watched it in this, it is. It is very, very, very funny. Yeah, if you haven't so, watched it yet, that's your fault. This is a major spoiler alert. So I remember binging that when I was working uh, claims. Not that anybody really needs to know about that. Anyway, anyway, moving on. So, have you heard of the Lovelock Bridge? The Lovelock Bridge. Yes. Sounds sexy. It's. It is. Hey. It's in Paris. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's a good place to have something sexy. Yep, over the Seine River. It's where people who are in love profess their undying love to each other. They write it down or their names or whatever on a padlock and they attach it to the bridge. Yeah, because that that's what that's what holds marriages together. It's it, padlocks it on bridges. Yes. So. Old ball and chain. Yeah. Yep. So after a while, um, some engineers and people got started to get worried because there are over seven hundred thousand locks on this bridge. You think they could go through like you know every January the second and kind of cut them off, and they would remain figuratively there? That's what I'm thinking. But you know, I mean, why, 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 you know, why leave of, them all? A bunch there? of divorces would happen if they just cut them off. I can imagine how many with that many locks that must have added. Uh, it added some undue stress. Forty-five extra tons to this bridge. How much did the bridge weigh before? I don't know. Forty-five less. Forty-five. <laughs> Forty-five tons, tons less. <laughs> I, wish, I tell you what. I wish I could make a law where I just weigh, you know, tons, tons less. less. Yeah, that's what I wish. I wish I could just make a rule. And uh, not have to worry about, you know, it's a law now, so I have to be less. So as of 2015, you can no longer profess your love in that way because it's too dangerous. I say find your own bridge and do your own thing. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what we do. So there we go, guys. Anything else? Nope. Now you know and knowing is half the bullshit. And there we have it. Guys, we have got an incredible show today. It's called You're a PA. Now what? And so we're going to be discussing these things. It's going to be coming in three different rounds. It's a lot of really good subject matter. I can't wait to get into it. When you hear this sound, you know that the round has begun. And when you hear this sound, you know that the round is over. So um, it's not Jessica and I that are rumbling. We are merely commenting. And this is commentary kind of on what we see on a day-to-day basis. These topics come straight out. Uh, straight out of the things that we experience on a day-to-day basis, the things that concern us and we think probably concern you too. So we're going to get into that. Um, Again, the name of the show is You're a PA. Now what? And round one starts right after this. Public adjusters, listen up. It's Jeremy Lavelle, owner of Remedy Claims Consulting, host of the Rumble, and most importantly, your claims coach. Public adjuster training is one of the hardest things to find. Sure, you can take some online seminars, you can show up to conferences, but none of them tailor training just for you until now. Whether you need to learn how to estimate, scope, negotiate, or prospect, I can help you drill down on the skills you want to develop. Maybe you're just starting out and you need to learn the claims process from A to Z, or you're just wanting to help 
are you just wanting help on strategy on a specific claim? I can help you find the traction you were looking for and learn how to truly control the narrative in the ever-changing world of claims. You can reach out to me directly at 888-596-8772, or you can find me on the web at remedyclaims.com and just click Get Started. That's 888-596-8772 or remedyclaims.com and click Get Started. You can even shoot me an email at Jeremy at RemedyClaims.com. That's J-E-R-O-M-Y at RemedyClaims.com. It's time to move your career to the next level. Round one, trainings. So, Jessica, the reality is, is that the barrier of entry to becoming a public adjuster, it, while it varies from state to state, is basically just a test. Yep. You just have to go pass a test. And I have taken several different public adjuster exams um, and independent adjuster exams for different states throughout my career. And I can tell you there was not one question on any of those tests that told me one thing about how to actually handle a claim. Right. None of them. You know, so you can take all the prep courses in the world. Very few of them actually really even give you a good working knowledge of a policy. It basically just tells you kind of what the policy is addressing. It doesn't really give you the nuance and the ins and the outs. Is that the same thing that you found? Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, to fill in that gap, I went to an IA school. <laughs> even though I did too, I was even though I was going to be a PA, I was like I. This was definitely not enough for me. I wanted something more hands-on, more engaging. I wanted to ask questions, pick brains, all that other good stuff. And I had to go to an IA school to do it. What IA school did you go to? If you don't, mind I went to the Adjuster Academy of Texas, um, north of San Antonio in Bernie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that place. I've heard of that place. Who was running that when you were there? Um, I don't recall. I just, I, I took the three day licensing prep course, even though I was taking the online course too, to prep for the PA exam. Again, it was just, yeah. I just needed something more. I was working full time trying to transition to PA. Uh, I, I just, it wasn't sticking. So I wanted engagement. So I went to the three day course. I, I, I really do recommend that yeah. because I think it will give you some situational awareness before getting into claims 100%. because really what it really what that's going to do is teach you how insurance works yep. more than it teaches you how claims work. You know, so it'll teach you the different policies are out there. I I went to a uh, an independent adjuster training personally when I first entered this. And um, I did really well. It was, uh, I mean, basically they drilled us for the test that we were going to take. And I just regurg regurgitated the information at the end of the week. It was a five-day course. I learned a lot. I learned a lot in that course. But at the end of the day, it did not prepare me to handle claims. Yeah. And in fact, just two weeks after I passed the test, no, I think it was maybe a month later, I went back for their what they call their basic training course at the same school where they actually taught me basics of handling claims and even after that course once i got deployed as an independent adjuster i still got my ass kicked do you know what i mean yeah. like i still didn't know or understand all of the nuance to claims handling and the reality is is that while there's not a lot to know in my personal opinion and i only say that because of the of the years behind me mm -hmm. 
and how second nature it's become. It is a lot to know. That's the reality is it is a lot to know because there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of differences, especially when it comes to claim strategy and how you want to approach it. But there's a lot of really good trainings out there. And that's what we're going to kind of unpack in round one. Um, Jess and I personally, between the two of us have gone through quite a few of the trainings and have been involved in some of the trainings and we're going to unpack the ones that we know about. We're going to give you kind of our best suggestions on the things that you can go to. And at the end of this round, I have a really big announcement, um, that I will, that I will give you guys at the end of the round that I'm pretty excited about. Um, But the first one I want to talk about that I think is probably most prevalent and I think it's important. And as I've thought about it, um, the, the one where I think you should really start, and this is just my opinion, and there may be a lot of people out there that agree with me, is I like Vince Perry's um, commercial claims advocate adjuster training. Um, he is one of the, he is the only one that I know of that comes with a handbook. Um, you can actually purchase this handbook separately. You can go to commercialclaimsadvocate.com and purchase this handbook separately. It is going to have a lot of different things like templates in there, different letters. It's going to have, now I will tell you that it's very Florida heavy. Okay. It's very Florida heavy, but if you're handling things like the handle, if you're going to handle things like they handle it in Florida, you're probably by and large going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? But you want to kind of, and I'm going to tell you that it's got a lot, it's very Florida heavy. I don't know that he's updated it since all of the new laws have come into play um, shortly before hurricane Ian. And then shortly after hurricane Ian, um, there were some significant law changes in Florida, but as far as an overview of the claims process, Aside and apart from the little bitty sort of like I wouldn't get I wouldn't drill down to the granular of what the book and the course covers, but I will tell you that it gives you a good overview of the claims process. That is the one thing that I can tell you. It will tell you it will teach you the alphabet, and that's probably the best way to explain it. Jess, have you had the opportunity to take Vince's course by perchance? Have you looked at it at all? I didn't take the course, but I did purchase the guide and the guide is a fantastic foundation. Uh, very easy to read, pleasing on the eyes. Like you, you can, you can really get into it and not, it's, I don't know what, what the word is. It's, it's not engaging obviously, but it, it captures your attention and it's, and it holds that. It's attention. a pretty easy. Read. It is. It's an easy yeah, it's read. It's a pretty easy. Read. It's not dry. It's, it's not like you're going to fall asleep trying to study it or anything like that. It's like, oh, okay. And it, it is. It's, and it's, it's a great broken, resource. And it's, and it's broken up nicely. It I still refer. I still refer to it from time to time, just especially when dealing with, uh, especially when dealing with with Florida claims. When I have Florida claims, I will pull it out and kind of go take a look at it. Um, one of the things that I like a lot about it is is the uh is the templates that are in there i mean simple stuff like your seven day demand letter your 15 day demand letter some just general Mm follow-up some some pointers on how to do it but again it is really kind of the alphabet of claims that's the way that i would do it and i think vince is an excellent instructor his online course you can take his online course Uh, i don't think he's doing this course live anymore but I think it's about a six or eight hour virtual training course that you can still take. 
he used to, when he did it live, would have experts come in on the second day. When it was live, it was a two-day course, and he would bring in different experts from different areas, everything from um, like water mitigation documentation. He would talk about, he would even have a guy come in that talked about Google ads on how to get your Google, my business running and all of that kind of thing. There was a lot of, there's just a lot of really cool information. Um, he would have black diamond services. They were a, uh, they're, a a, uh, uh, additional living expenses resource that you can use to help uh, your clients get housing. So he kind of really kind of sets you up with a lot of the important resources that you're going to need, you know? So I like, I like his training. I was very involved with commercial claims advocate for a long time. And I, you know, I fully endorse who they are and what they're doing. And they in fact have a conference that's coming up at the end of November. And so if you're interested more about what they do, again, I encourage you to jump on over to commercialclaimsadvocate.com. And they've got a big conference that's happening in Miami. And often they will come to a city near you where they just kind of do a networking meeting. Um, it's a one night thing. Those are always pretty valuable as well. So commercial claims advocate is a great resource to get some additional training. And I recommend getting the book for sure. Um, another one that's out there and Jess, I'm going to bounce past this to you and kind of let you talk about it. I personally have not taken this, but this is called the public adjuster boot camp that is yes. hosted in per in person, typically in Galveston, unless we're dealing with a catastrophe, yep. and then he does it on site where the catastrophe is. It's run by Cal and Melanie Spoon. Jess is a graduate of this school, so I'm going to let her kind of talk about the different things that you're going to see in that in that arena. That that is an excellent place to get real world. Like, okay, you you took on a claim. Wh how do you find the statutes? How do you document your file so that it? it it's a business record, not just, you know, I mean, it, it, the cool thing is I get wrapped up around technology, CRMs, computers, and all that stuff. What Melanie teaches is you don't even need any of that to properly document a file. You can do it through something as simple as a spreadsheet. And, you know, some people might, might find it basic, whatnot, but at the end of the day, for a newbie with no capital, you know, nothing saved up or, or, or minimal to saved up, you know, no volume yet, all that. Man, she really helps give you the confidence that, you know what, you don't need all the fancy stuff just to get started. And by the way, as you're getting started as a newbie, she shows you how to cover yourself, cover the insured so that you, you don't inadvertently harm yourself if a file goes before a judge and jury or, or you know, TDI or any of the you know, departments of insurance come down and audit your files or something like to, to that effect. Like she really helps give you that foundation to protect your butt so that you can get started in, and start helping the insureds. And then Cal comes in with, you know, so many people out there want to fight. They just, I think it's just, they don't know how to fight and the right words to say the approaches and then when to just say, you know what, I'm done fighting. This needs to just move on. We don't need to sit on this for six months. He gives you kind of those real world experiences, how he has handled all sorts of different claims. And he he kind of gives you that confidence of, okay, you know, we're at month four. It's time. It's time to go to legal. I've, pr I've documented the crap out of this file. I've done everything within the confines of my license that I could do right 
and they're still just not paying. It's no longer about, you know, me or my performance as a PA. This is about them making a business decision versus, you know, a coverage decision. So they, they do a fantastic job with that. And then Sean, Sean Hodge rounds it out with, you know, the attorney perspective, you know, how tips and tricks on how to be a good PA, things that can be, you know, tips and tricks on how to overcome certain uh, denials, um, you know, especially when it comes to cosmetic exclusions on metal roofs. Sean is fantastic about showing pictures. Um, I believe it was Sean that had taught me the the water bottle trick, you know, where you get up there with a bottle of water on a metal roof. And if you can prove that the water is not shedding properly and it's, and the water is pooling inside of a hail dent, uh, excuse me, that's not cosmetic damage any longer. That is functional. It is not shedding water. So, I mean, that, that was a sucker punch of five days. By the third day, your mind is just absolutely blown. Even veterans, veteran PAs that have been doing this for 10 years, every single one of them walks out of there going, holy crap, I had no, I thought I was doing, you know, everything right. And man, I left all this money on the table or man, I really screwed over half of my insureds. You know, just all kinds of comments come flying out of that thing. It's fantastic. I think that that's an important thing to point out, Jess, is I don't think you ever get to a point in your career where any of these trainings, any of the trainings that we're going to discuss are going to help you. Because I think the perspectives that these guys, these thought leaders that we're going to be discussing throughout the round, um, and I've got to hurry because we're going to run out of time and <laughs> you may get an extra long episode of the Rumble today because I really want to get through some of these with and give them the proper, the proper, uh, um, you know, I, I want to give them the proper, what they're due. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yes. they're doing a lot of things. And I think one of the things that Cal really pulls out is he does help you prepare a file to go to an attorney. Because the reality is, is that carriers will string you along knowing that you're the individual that can't really hold them accountable for what they're doing. That's right. So realize that as a public adjuster, you can't hold them accountable. And so Cal Spoon's um, class is going to really help you learn how to do that. He'll teach you how to file complaints um, with the different departments of insurance and how easy that is. Look, um, he'll show you he, between him and Melanie, he'll show you a final demand letter. That is a dying art. Very few PAs right. ever write final demand letters anymore. And when attorneys see one, and now I'm not, I'm not tooting my horn. I don't know where mine stand in the, in the stack of things, but when I write them, they're, they're almost really shocked to see them. But it rounds out the file. It shows everything at first with with the quick backgrounds, you know, sub, um, you know, timelines, timelines kind of right? Thing. And then and then the rest of it is here's the issue that we still have with this claim. Here's a discussion about it. Here's the solution. Issue, discussion, solution. Issue, discussion. All the way down with exhibits. It takes me like four to eight hours to write a really good one. But then the file is done. They have no leg to stand on, and then the attorneys can just run with it and do their thing. And that's what, and that's really kind of the biggest thing that you want to learn. The last couple of things that I want to talk about here is there's a couple of other thought leaders out there that I want to, I want to pay homage to. One is Matthew Maholland. Yeah. He, uh, I don't, I think it's called, um, what is his, what is the name of his new education platform? Business, the, the Building Institute? Yeah, it's the, 
I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Jessica's looking it up. But what he does <laughs> is he gives you some very granular training. While he does have some comprehensive stuff out there that's kind of your ABCs and your A to Zs on, on everything that goes on, he does get very granular on how to deal with engineers, how to overcome objections when it comes to wind and hail. And um, his, uh, I, I want to say it's Building Inspectors. Building Experts something. Institute, BEI, Building Experts Building, Institute. Building Experts Institute, and he actually has a subscription that you can get involved yes. in that is really, really good. So if you go and look up um, Building Experts Institute, um, I would just Google search that. I don't know what the website is off the top of my head. Um, and also Google Public Adjuster Bootcamp for Cal's class. And um, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to ring the bell. One other one that I know is National Claims Institute that is run by Daniel Rabowski. That is a very good one, too, that has a lot of different classes to offer. And then, as promised, at the end of round one, I'm very excited. A training that is going to be coming very soon. Um, it will be held live to begin with right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex called Control the Narrative. And it is a course that I personally have so if you had it's a time that if you had any time to spend with me or we've talked on the phone or I've helped you in the past, you know what a passion it is of mine to um, to relate the knowledge that public adjusters actually need. And it is a practical guide to the claims galaxy is what it is. It is just absolutely, you know, how you go out and do some of these things. I think a lot of these courses address really well what needs to be done, but I get very detailed on how to go about some of these things, how to conduct what you are going to be doing on site. How, what are the, what are the conversations? How do you control the conversation with the desk adjuster? Things like that. And the name of the training is control the narrative. And uh, we're going to be having some information come up pretty soon. You could keep checking remedyclaims.com slash training um, for get on the, the mailing list. You can go ahead and get on the mailing list right now. So if you go to remedy, can, readyclaims.com forward slash training and you can get on the mailing list so that you have updates i have partnered with ink payments to help us bring this training together and um while the first event is going to be a live event um and it will be limited seating I encourage you to go ahead and get on that mailing list. We will be trying to do a webinar version of it, and it is quite possible that this will turn into an entire training platform and as those details develop. But again, control the narrative. I am very excited about this training, and to round out round one, you need to go get training from someone. Don't try to do this by yourself. Okay? You're going to need the information because there's just stuff you don't know. And as Donna tells us, no one's half the bullshit. So, um, guys, we're going to get into round two right after this. One of the most difficult claims you can work is a contents claim. It requires extreme detail and significant documentation. Ricky McGregor with Monarch Claim Services is the expert you need on your side. She will handle on-site evaluation, inventory, photo documentation, pricing, and overall contents claim organization. She will work with your team beginning to end so you can focus on the rest of the claim. 
do your client a favor and call Ricky McGregor with Monarch Claim Services. You can reach her at 515-783-1434. That's 515-783-1434 or find her on the web at monarchclaimservices.com. Round two, certifications. Well, we didn't get into it in round <laughs> in round one like we had previously talked about, but um, getting different certifications that kind of help you out, I think, um, is important. I think, especially if you're new, getting these certifications, if you're a new public adjuster and you can get some of these certifications really helps your credibility as you are trying to develop your business network and develop your career and establish yourself as a trusted resource. Um, one of the very first things that you can look at doing is um, an Xactimate certification. And there's three different levels of Xactimate certification. Um, and they are appropriately called Xactimate levels one, two, and three, respectively. Um, they actually have one other certification, which is a trainer certification that's above those. You have to have the level three in order to get the you have to you have to have passed the level three certification test and then the trainer's exam is I, I think it's about a two week process um, over you know you have to go to different classes that you that in order to get the actual training certification and then there's a test for that but those are the certifications that I would recommend and the reason I recommend at least the level one is because you'll learn how to read an Xactimate estimate. And if you don't know how to read an Xactimate estimate, you're going to need to know how to do that. Yep. So even if you're not an estimator and you don't have a lot of construction knowledge and you're relying on somebody else to write your estimates, you're going to at least need to understand what's going on with that and how the different line items work and how the Xactimate program sort of functions so that you at a bare minimum can explain it to a homeowner and you're damn sure going to need to be able to defend it to a desk That's adjuster. Right. And so understanding that is really important. So I do recommend um, at least an Xactimate certification. And another certification that I think that is hanging out there, and Jess, I'm going to have you kind of discuss this one, is the, is the smattering of IICRC certifications <laughs> that you can get. So tell us a little bit about these IICRC certifications and the ones that would be best for a public adjuster possibly to obtain. Humongous fan of IICRC, which stands for Institute of Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification. They have several different types of certifications. The ones that I would recommend the most for PAs as a general understanding, right? Because we as PAs are not supposed to be the experts in these very technical related fields. But I wanted a deeper knowledge and understanding. I wanted to be able to, to speak water mitt speak and speak insurance speak and and connect the two you know and translate for for the the two so that we could arrive at an amicable solution for a claim so um i i went out and the first two i got and absolutely just i still use almost on a daily basis is the wrt which stands for water restoration technician that is where you go over the different categories and classes of water that is where you go over you do get into some of the you know uh, formulas on how to, based on a given, you know, room size, how many dehumidifiers you need, how many ax axial fans you need, how many air scrubbers and, you know, all the different things that go into water mitigation. Um, as a PA, you're, you're not going to need to do that. However, 
knowing that that's what goes into, you know, with these experts, you know, that that's just, that knowledge is invaluable. Um, the S500 is the manual that governs water restoration technicians. And that is actually going through a rewrite. I am on the board for that rewrite and I have had an amazing experience with those people. They are very, very professional. Um, fire smoke restoration technician. That's the FSRT. Another fantastic one. If you get into fire losses, just a wealth of knowledge, a fantastic resource when you get the, the workbooks back. Um, it's always a good resource you know, to flip back to. And it's good to have the certification so that when you do speak some of this speak, you have the certification to back it up. And then the one that I haven't been to yet, I really want to go to right now. It says that it's in person only. I've not been able to get to a class. They have a new one, new as in like the last year or so. It's called BMI, Building Moisture Inspection. They kind of combine moisture mapping, infrared, and some other things on. It's more of the investigative. And that's where I can see, you know, we could. Man, that sounds like a good one. So real quickly, just, just so that we can get this out there in the ethos quickly, where do you, I know a bunch of people do these certifications. Um, and I am just curious, do you have a resource that you respect and trust to go sign up to get these sort of certifications? Um, I got most of, I, I received, I think both of mine through Deloach. Um, I think that was the uh, institution or, or whatever that has been vetted by IICRC to, to provide the course content and, and administer the exam. Um, they did a fantastic. There's a couple other that I know about. Zach, Zach Academy yes. is another yep. one. I know nothing one. about them. That is not an endorsement. Yeah. I want to be clear about that. There's, I don't know if several. they're good or if they're bad. I have, there's several out there. I was just curious just, if you no, knew. Just go straight to the IRCRC website, pick what certification you want, say, all right, get me, you know, where, where can these be? And some of them are online now, you know, after, after COVID more and more of them became available, you know, virtually. So find a class through, through there. Um, another one is the infrared training center. They have the thermographer level one. I'll tell you what's happening in depositions that we're, that we're seeing is if you have an thermography imagery in your photo report and you have opined or given some kind of analysis on that imagery, they want they want to see that you're certified to, to state what's what's going on in there. Now, if you want to use it to just kind of help spot some anomalies on a wall, and then you put your voice that's in, how I use yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's that's how, that's how I use so it. far no yeah nobody's nobody's upset or, or getting their panties in a wad about stuff like that. But if you actually put it in a photo report and and state you know this this what's in this image is water damage X Y Z blah blah they want to know where were you certified or not um another one related to water losses especially for you know catastrophes pipe bursts all that good stuff is normie the national organization of remediators and microbial inspectors um mad props to chris corville for recommending this organization to me because again i didn't want to be an expert but i freaking love water losses and i just could not Every year I want to go back and just get a little bit more education, a little bit more understanding, you know, that and, and scratch that itch. Um, so big props to Chris Corville for recommending them because that was another outstanding course. What they provide is certification for CMA and CMR. That's Certified Mold Assessor. That's the one who just goes out, does the, the tests, says what's there, and then writes a protocol. And then you have the Certified Mold Remediator who actually goes and remediates it, gets it out of there. 
So another fantastic, um, you can go get Hague certified. Um, and then one that's coming out, um, and I'm not going to talk too much because, you know, it's, it's not, I don't believe it's for public release yet, but another one to watch out for you guys is Hull. That's Harmon, Udoge, and Lockard. Um, those three gentlemen are putting together a certification. Uh, what they're wanting to do and achieve with this certification is that it's been kind of endorsed by both sides. The carrier feels like what they're putting out is, is fair and accurate and, and the, you know, the policyholder advocate side is also feels that what's being put out is fair and, and accurate. So both sides agree that the content is, you know, reputable, whatnot. Now to get whole certify, from what I understand, you know, you're, they're going to audit some of your files every now and then to make sure that you are upholding what it was that was taught. So I, I know that's coming out. I don't know exactly when, but I know that's on the horizon and that's another one to look out for. Um, I want to throw this out there just as some stuff. And I, and again, I, I, I need you guys to understand this is not an endorsement. This is just kind of bringing some knowledge to the forefront about what's going on. I know that Jack Hanks and Chris Corville and Galen Hare and John Wood, um, uh, are on the board of an organ, a brand new organization called United Claims Professionals that I think is going to be very cool. I know that they are going to be providing a lot of resources that young PAs can can uh, can log into. I know that there is a membership slash donation monthly uh, obligation to be a part of this organization. But there are there are a lot of opportunities here, and I know that they're going to be working on an education certification as well. Um, obviously, that is not up and running at this point in time. You just kind of want right. to keep your eyes peeled for it because at the end of the day, there are no certifications right. for public investors <laughs> specifically. Right. Okay, so other than the license that you receive from the state, and that and four bucks will get you a cup of coffee at a Starbucks. So a small cup of coffee. So the thing is, is that these certifications kind of help lend some credibility. However, Jessica alluded to this and I want to make sure that I hammer this home in the waning moments of this round that we are not the experts for these things. We are not the construction expert. Right. We are not the mitigation expert. We are not the remediation expert. What it will allow us to do is while, even if you are an expert, even if you do become an expert in these things and you're operating as a public adjuster, I personally do not recommend influ you know, leveraging that expertise in a claim because 100%. it's, because it's, it's conflicted. Yes. It becomes a conflict of interest. Yes. Okay. So, so relying on these experts, but understanding what is needed in order to prove the claim is the point of having these certifications and knowing that there is a thing called a mold report, knowing that there is a thing called a soot report, that knowing that you need to, that prior to this date and time, Lot of, lots of buildings had asbestos and lead paint. There's a, all of these kinds of things that you're exposing yourself to that give you the knowledge to pro, uh, appropriately and properly address a loss at any given claim. Because there are, I mean, I cannot tell you the number of buildings that I go into that were built, you know, in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s. And you get out in the Northeast and I, you know, I worked in a, I worked in a house, um, that was built in the 1700s, believe it or huh. not. Um, the doorways weren't even six foot tall. 
Um, and I, and I worked in this, I worked in this house, I actually adjusted a claim there. It was a very complicated claim. I don't think I did a very good job at all. Um, you know, it was, but you have to maintain some of these, some of these, um, historic, these historic landmarks, these historic things that, um, and, and the construction that goes back with it, you want to understand these. And that's the point of these certifications. There's also certifications, historical landmark certifications that you can get historical architecture certifications that you can get. Um, Jess talked about, um, the Hague certification. You know what I mean? And I'm going to tell you the number one reason that I would go get a Hague certification. It's not so that you can know more about roofing. It's so that you can know no, more about what the carrier. Yes. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. That's really true. Not that it's not good information, but the idea here is, is in the old adage of keep your friends close and keep your enemies mm-hmm. closer. Um, knowing, knowing sort of what their methodology is, is really important. IICRC is the same thing. Okay. So because the carriers tend to abide by the IICRC code of, of restoration when it comes to what is owed for on a water loss, because it's basically the carrier going, we're not experts. We're not trying to be experts. So we have elected this standard to be to, to govern us on what's owed underneath this policy. But I want to be clear about this. The IICRC will tell you this. I actually spoke with the national director of the IICRC, and she told me, at least I think that was her title. She was one of the ones that sits on the board. I, I cannot remember her name offhand, but I was actually on Matt Mulholland's uh, Listen to This Bull podcast at the same time that she was on, and I was listening to her talk about it and one of the things that she pointed out to me and it kind of gave me this aha moment is the iicrc standard are minimum standards yep, yep. they're minimum standards um a couple of little things that i learned in that in that in that conversation as well is this whole idea that anything can be dried in three days was a marketing ploy that was put out by paul davis the three-day drying thing, often what you see like in floods with all they'll pay for is three days. The fact that where we came up with that was a marketing ploy that was put out by Paul Davis to the carriers that basically said, while it may take longer, we're only going to bill you for three days. And so that's how they began to build their business with the carriers. But all of these certifications are important. And you kind of like, I, I think, I think, like Jess was alluding to, and I was talking about, we both love water losses. And so I drilled down onto a type of claim that I like to, you may like to do roof and siding and, and, and these exterior claims. I personally like, um, the interior water claims usually because they're air conditioned and I don't have to climb roofs. Um, those are reasons I like them. Not always. Sometimes you have to get into crawl spaces. Yes, and some really I was going to say, I've been in some nasty places because of water. Loss. I've been into some, I've been into some hoarder places. Those are always Ooh. fun to work through. Um, and then I've also, you know, people Old have an affinity for cats. Oh yeah. Cats, you know, yes. <laughs> The really funny thing, I want to tell you this real quick story about working at Interior Loss. I think it was during Hurricane Matthew, which would have been 2017. I uh, knocked on this door to uh, work a loss, and the house was badly damaged by Hurricane. But even looking at the damage, Jess, I could kind of tell that this wasn't all Hurricane. Right. There was a significant amount of let's call it neglect that existed prior to the date of loss. Okay. 
and um, there was a lot of interior water damage. And I was looking at the roof, and the roof was not because com- Hurricane Matthew really skirted up the coast of Florida. It wasn't super bad, right? Um, it didn't actually really make landfall until I think the George- to Georgia or the Car- Carolinas. I don't think it actually hit land. It just kind of ran up the coast of Florida. I could be wrong about that. Check Noah, and if you want to scream at me and throw rocks at me because I messed that up, that feel free. <laughs> um, but. I was working this loss, and it was kind of in Central Florida, um, kind of Cocoa Beach area, if you will. And I was working this loss, and I knocked on the door, and I noticed that the roof wasn't that bad. And I was like, oh, okay. But there was all this water damage. I'm like, geez, where's all this water coming from? And um, I kind of took a look inside. The guy showed me the damage, and then I started my inspection. And that's what I always do is I, like, show me the mess, and then I conducted my inspection. And I got up on the roof, and I noticed that... Um, animals, you know, tree dwelling critters had chewed through the roof and made their home there. <laughs> and um, I looked at it, I noticed it. So, this is not hurricane damage, but I mean, as a public adjuster, I could figure out a way as the animals knew that the hurricane was coming, and so they chewed through the roof to get into safety. So, I could, I could, I could stretch this here. No, it doesn't really work. That's a really bad argument. You talk about a field goal from your own 30, getting that to stick is going to be tough. But these animals had chewed through the roof, and that's where the water intrusion came from. And I came in and I was trying to tell him. Um, kind of what he goes, yeah, they've been chewing on that for a while. I try to keep them run off, but it, I mean, sometimes it's tough. And I'm like, yeah, I can tell you're on top of things here. Um, and so I was doing my inspection and I was headed down kind of the primary hallway of the home, which was towards the right elevation. And I was headed down that hallway and I went to open the door and the door was locked. I said, did you want me to inspect this room? He goes, no, we don't go in there. I said, well, I at least need to grab a picture of it. Is there somebody in there? He said, well, not someone, but something's in there. And I'm like, well, let me just grab a picture real quick. Well, the there was a family of raccoons that had gotten through the roof and down inside and worked their way into through the drywall into the bedroom. And there was like 11 raccoons in the room that they just shut off and had locked the door and just let them, they just seeded the room to the raccoons. <laughs> And I'm telling you what, the raccoons lived in that house <laughs> and and were responsible for the odor. And I was not, and I can ask you, do you know what raccoon smell, pee I, smells no, like? No, thankfully don't, I don't. I do. I do know what raccoon pee smells like, and it ain't much better than cats, I can tell you that. So um, it, was a, it was a rough situation. Grabbed the picture and, uh, you know, and, and reported, of course, I reported that to underwriting. Um, to let them know what was going on there and possibly I'm not real sure what happened to that guy after um, because I was the uh, raccoons got him right uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. he couldn't no. take the beat yeah so I I mean you you run in I, I'm just telling you all of these weird things that you run into and knowing how this stuff works is important and certifications um, I just I just say that knowing that um, you're gonna run into all kinds of crazy things out there you know, and having a knowledge base of these certifications is really helpful. But uh, we've got one more level that we can get to, and that level is called designations in round three. And we're going to get into that right after this. 
When choosing someone to help with your online marketing, make sure you go with someone that has years of experience. Our good friend Sally at Thrive has over 20 years of digital marketing experience. She can build you a beautiful 15-page sleek, interactive website, post on your social media platforms multiple times a week. She can do a video, an amazing CRM to manage and uh, maintain and nurture your clients, text, email marketing, review generation, a business listing on 60 plus search engines, including three voice networks, appointment scheduling, estimates, invoices, payment processing, and more. She will also create for you on uh, on Google, a Facebook page, in Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you need these for your businesses, she'll, she'll help you create those pages on all of those sites. You already have these pages. She'll optimize them for you as well. Call or message Sally today. If you want to get started, you can reach her at 214-789-1651. Again, her name is Sally Brigance. Her number is 214-789-1651. And uh, you'll also get a landing page the day you sign up. When you send her a referral that signs up with her, she'll credit your billing account. Logos are also available. Um, and she also offers a lead generation service and SEO search engine optimization where she can uh, guarantee you to appear on the first page of Google or your money back. It is spelled T-H-R-Y-B. And you can find my good friend Sally Brigance, and that's spelled S-A-L-L-I-E, Brigance, B-R-I-G-A-N-C-E. And she can be reached once again at 214-789-1651. Round three, designations. Alphabet soup. Okay. It is alphabet soup. So designations are like when you see somebody and their email signature and they have letters behind their name, these are designations. Um, they don't necessarily always represent a degree, but the most common one that I see as far as a designation would be in our arena is what's called the AIC or the Associate in Claims. Um, the next level up from that is called the CPCU, which is a certified property and casualty underwriter. And you would think that would be about it. But oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. There are many, many, many more. And so, Jess, can you share with us the designations that are available for you as an adjuster? Yeah. So this has been something that's been on my mind since about August of 2021. I was kind of thinking... Okay, I feel like that we kind of figured out the bachelors to our, you know, industry, right? To our profession. Um, then we kind of figured out the masters, right? That's getting some of the certifications, you know, to to fine tune your investigative skills and you know your being able to speak certain languages or whatnot, right? But what's the PhD like? Is there a PhD level? Because I was, I, I kind of felt like I'm ready to level up my education beyond just going to conferences and doing the little online continuing education. Like I really wanted something that's that, that makes this a more of a PhD. Um, And there's all kinds of different, you know, opinions on which one is which in terms of designations, but basically you, you hit the first one, AIC, then there's the AINS, the AIS, the SPPA, the LPCS, the PCLA, the PCLS, and many, many more. So AIC associating claims. That would be um, when I reached out to the institutes. By the way, most of these uh, designations are are given through 
education and training provided by the institutes. So if you go to the institutes.org, that's where you'll find these. Um, they said, yep, associates and claims is a good place to start. But they said, you know, after you've got so many years of being a public adjuster, you could almost do, uh, you could take the AIC or you could take the AIS, which is Associated Insurance Services. And some of those classes transfer over to the SPPA. SPPA is the Senior Professional Public Adjuster. I want to ask you a quick question. Can you just clep out of it? Can you take the AIC test? And just clep out of the classes? Don't Is know. that what you mean by that? Don't know. Oh, okay. But okay. You know, some of these have prerequisites, but if depending on which you take, a, a chunk of that can carry over and kind of clep to some of the PA flavored ones. So, you know, AIC, it can be associated. You don't have to be a PA to have an associated right. claim. So I know a lot of independent adjusters um, to pad their resume. Yep. It really so helps. resume pad. Some- yep. And all of these designations and trainings and certifications that we're talking about will help anybody in any claims profession. None of this is really solidified to just a public adjuster. This is really and truly just how claims get handled. Yeah. And so the theory behind the claims, I know the AIC, what I was once told um, through the institutes, I don't know of any place else that you go get this other than the institutes. Most of it is all web-based learning. There is no live on, I, they may hold it live somewhere, but most of it is self-paced online learning. Um, the AIC last I heard takes about two years to get through. Yeah, by the time months you're done or something, 18 to 24 months, something like that. Yeah. So it's a, there, there is a significant time commitment uh-huh. to getting it. So, and the CPCU, that one's, it, it is, it's, it's much more specific to underwriting, right? So it's, it's more risk management it's it's got a little bit of leadership training in there, some legal concepts to insurance, financial performance, value and data technology type stuff. It's actually almost very little to do with claims handling. In fact, I know some CPCU, you know, people that have that that designation that cannot work a claim to save their life. So, so I don't know how valuable that might be, but it does. It would definitely expose you to a whole different side of insurance. The place that I like to look at it is in the understanding of policies is is really what a CPCU would be good for, especially when it comes to rightly dividing the policy that is out there and kind of what the language means and how and how you're supposed to understand it. Because all of us know that from from a legal contract standpoint, the policy uh, insurance policy is about as ambiguous as you can get. And while it is a contract of adhesion, it rarely that ambiguity rarely falls on the policyholder side, even though it's supposed to, it requires a judge to push it over onto their side because the insurance carrier is not going to go, you know what? You got us. It's kind of unclear what it means. So we've got to go with your definition. So, yeah, and I, I do think I might have misspoke a little bit earlier. I think it's it's the AIC and the AINS. The ANIS. I think those are the two designators you could take where a bulk of those will transfer over to help you finish out your CP. senior professional PA. Yeah, okay. your SPPA. Now, some other things I thought were cool um, if, if you're more like itching to, you know, wanting to scratch that law itch is, you know, they have the LPCS, which is Legal Principles claims specialist there's this pcla property claim law associate and then the pcls that's good yeah yeah and then the pcls is property claim law specialist so these are more you know law and and case and and 
again, this, this is, this just completely takes your PA career at, to a completely different level. Now, and whether it helps you with a claim or not, or, or get them to move any faster or whatever, I don't know. I haven't taken any of them yet, but that's, that is my next, you know, and the question on the is, most of the time, what people are asking when they're looking at these designations is, is will it help you get OMP added to a claim? That's really the question. <laughs> That's the that's the answer. Everybody. And supervisor hours. Is no. can is I, it going to help me get supervisor hours and overhead and profit? Yeah. Can I get can I get the supervision and the overhead and profit? What designation do I need to just get that approved right. without any kind of argument at all? And the answer to that question is, is no, it won't. Yeah. No, Jesus no. can't even get OMP. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, um it's it not not that it's not awarded when it's I, I, I say that it's I say that in jest. You know what I mean? But I don't know that yeah. any of these designations help you win. And I think the important thing here is, is none of them will help you win any individual argument. You can't just simply go, well, I'm a CPCU or I'm an associate legal, you know, whatever. And I can tell you that this is what the policy means, because if these people are under a mandate to deny the claim because they're calling it wear and tear, they're they're under a mandate to deny a claim because they're calling it wear and tear. And that's the end of it. And I, I alluded to this earlier. You are not the you are not the arbiter of justice here. You are not going to deliver justice on the behalf of of the insured as a public adjuster and in that role and the extent of your license allows you to provide a service to prepare that claim for the insurance carrier and fulfill the duties after a loss. Your goal is to get is is obviously to get an increase where an increase is due, but your job is to prove the loss and that's the end of your job. And so Mm -hmm. you're not there really to provide any sort of interpretation or arguments, though we do and our license permits us to interpret the policy on the behalf of the insured for the purposes of explaining it to them and the purposes of of, of proving the loss as, as to where there is and isn't coverage. And I love that when attorneys and Mr. Badger is one of my favorite and there's a couple others out there that accuse PAs of, of, of the unlawful practice of law because they... Uh, interpret the policy you got to be careful you're interpreting the policy there it's like well everybody's interpreting the policy the homeowner's interpreting the policy the desk adjuster is interpreting the policy the moment we determine whether or not there is or isn't coverage available for this loss the policy is at that point in time been interpreted and so once you and you can't interpret it either you you're allowed to do it or you're not allowed to do it and so to answer that question you're allowed to do it um because it, your, your license requires you to be able to understand what coverages are available. And that's what interpreting the policy is, is, is there coverage for this loss? That's what interpret, that's what you're doing. So, um, I don't know why I jumped down that rabbit hole, but the designations aren't necessarily going to help you win an argument anywhere. So, um, I can tell you opposing counsel in depositions, um, on, there've been two, that I've, I've kind of been repeat, uh, I guess, participants in a deposition with. Um, and both of them seem to ask, are you aware that there are designators out there? Are you aware that there's, you know, higher education for public adjusters? And on, and every time I've said, yes, I do. I understand, you know, the institutes provides designations. And they would ask me, they're, they always recommended, we highly recommend, go get, go get. And, and I've kind of wondered, okay, is that, are they geared towards, you know, are they favoring carriers with this? Or is it just a, we genuinely want to see more public adjusters 
obtain a different level of education other than, and I hate to say, we are always accused of being glorified estimators. So I kind of wonder, is is that what that... I would tell you, the places where I think it would work out here, Jess, just between you and me, is is that and everybody it lends <laughs> it lends your credibility as an expert witness sure okay um i sure. i, I want to but your role in a claim when it goes legal yeah it's it's helpful but should a claim go legal between you and me is that what I should know. happen is right. that is that what people paid for is that why i, I got into this is so that i could hand it off to an attorney is that my role in my job no no. no, absolutely not. No, counselor. I'm not here. I don't do this job so that I can simply sit in a deposition and argue about it later with a bunch of people. I kind of thought that the individual that I would be dealing with on the carrier side would have the, the room temperature IQ enough to actually interpret the policy and provide the coverage for the premium that was freaking paid for on the day that the policy was bound into coverage. But no, here I am, and you're asking me, am I aware of other designations? Well, sir, yes, I am, but I don't think that they should be required to get the simple coverage provided for the for the policyholder. So there's my right. answer to that question. <laughs> Woo! That was awesome. Aren't you glad that's, you asked? There will that's be some people. passion right there. I Look, I it, you know, I haven't gone on a rant in a while, and... You know, probably by the time this is heard, you're going to hear some glory, glory, hallelujah, background noise at some point in time. And uh, I appreciate baby cakes throwing that in there to keep things light. But I'm telling you, insurance claims should not end up in litigation. They shouldn't. At least not the volume in the volume that they are. And and I do wish that there was a stopping point along the way that held the carriers to what that was that didn't involve litigation where homeowners and their representatives, whether it's a contractor, a public adjuster, what have you, presents the documentation where that policy is interpreted. You know what I mean? I just I hate that it's got to go to a jury or basically what you and I both know, Jess, is that it never actually gets in front of a jury they make they make a calculated decision on whether or not they think they're going to win or lose when it comes to the jury, and then they settle it out, and then everybody signs non disclosure agreements. They admit no wrongdoing, and it never sees case. It never makes case law, and that's what you see more often than not, you know. And so again, monologue over there, but that's that's how these things are getting settled, and we're pushing it to that point. And I believe that that carriers as well as public adjusters. Are, are pushing things to the point that that's where the ultimate claims process winds up is in a, is in a, in a deposition room with attorneys trying to settle this stuff out. And I personally think that's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I wish, I wish we could, I wish we could do better. And I think that there's a lot of people out there and I think a lot of these designations and cert- certifications and the trainings that you take curb that a little bit, you know, um, and it and it shuts it and it shuts it down. And and I think that as a public adjuster, if you're going to be a public adjuster, you need to get some of these trainings and certifications and designations to make sure that you're prop you're properly handling these claims within the boundaries of the service that you provide. OK, and I have said it a thousand times on this show. You are not the arbiter of a just uh, of justice. 
It is not yeah. your job to deliver justice on the behalf of the policyholder. It is your job to help them prove their loss. Justice yep. is handled somewhere else. So um, you can remove that pressure from yourself. I'll, ba I'll, I'll bounce it back to you, Taylor. Sorry, or Taylor. I'll bounce it back to you, Jess, Who? because I'm sorry. I, there was a name. He's thinking of Taylor Swift. He's got a girlfriend on his mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, actually, there was a name that came up on my phone as I glanced down. Um, and it's a guy that I'm in networking with named Taylor, and that's what I saw. And so, again, I, I bounce it back to you, Jess, to, to, to kind of give your final thoughts on these designations and what you think there. I mean, at the end of the day, at some point, I still think I'll go back and I'll get my SPPA. Right now, nope, it's not on my radar. Um, I, I think there's a lot of turbulence in the claims uh, industry right now, uh, as we've had Laura, Delta, Zeta, Ida, then Ian. I mean, there's these back-to-back -back major hurricanes. You know, we've got insurance companies going under left and right and going into receivership. We've got appraisal language going from paragraph to three pages. There's just so much going on right now. I just kind of want to, I don't know, take a step back, let the dust settle, uh, and then and then maybe, you know, and just kind of go from there. And, and, and really, I think it kind of goes all the way back to round one. If you haven't completed trainings, I would start there. You know what I mean? I would, I would avail myself yeah. of these trainings that are out there because I think you're going to find a lot of value in those before you yeah. dive into. Before you get the designations. designations. Absolutely. I think you probably need to spend probably about four years in the industry before you start. Nothing wrong with going to get them now. I'm not saying that that's the wrong thing to do. I just think that there's right. a lot of information that you can get both with just experience, working claims. I think you should go work a catastrophe, know what that kind of feels like and how that, you know, breathes and, and, and moves that sort of idea, what that feels like, um, you know, work your local, your local storms and, um, you know, get these trainings, take some of these certification classes, you know, kind of, kind of figure out sort of what your role and your designated specialty area is in that thing that you feel down on. And that will help you kind of figure out what designation that you're really going to use and work with. Because one of the things that I'm really good at, I mean, I just happen to be, I'm a really good estimator. That's, that's one of my core competencies, you know, and I am also, um, you know, I'm a really good negotiator too. That's one of the things. And there's not a there's not a certification for negotiation. But if I wanted to be better at it, maybe I would go look at you know expanding my ability to negotiate a little bit better and lean into those things that you're gifted at rather than trying to get some of these letters behind your name. Yeah, I I kind of feel like if we took this episode, you could almost break it down into. Maybe associates, bachelor, and masters. If right. you start with your basic training, that covers your associate degree as a PA. When you go to your certifications, that kind of ups it to maybe a full bachelor's. And then maybe as you get a designator, that kind of adds that master's degree level type. Yeah. Whatever. Or, or, or maybe you want to look at it as a bachelor, master, PhD, whatever. But I think if you break down these three rounds, 
that's a good progression. I really do. And I think that, that you should work them all and, and kind of figure out sort of what you want to lean into there. And I think that that's the really good thing. So again, kind of going back to the beginning, there's a lot of really good trainings out there. There's, you know, Cal Spoon's Public Adjuster Boot Camp, Vince Perry's Commercial Claims Advocate, um, Matt Mulholland's Building in, uh Building Expert Expert Institute. Institute. Um, There's National Claims Institute that it's also really, really good. Um, My favorite, you know, and the one that I'm going to recommend the most. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the control, the narrative training is coming very, very, very soon. Um, I am so looking forward to actually getting getting out there in person with you guys to to train on this thing and kind of give you my A to Z and how I handle claims and deal with desk adjusters, those sorts of things. Um, I'm really looking forward to that training and the value that we're going to be bringing, um, bringing there. Um, Jess, any, any final thoughts? No, never stop. Well, maybe never stop learning. I'll always be a sponge. You never know everything you need to know ever. That's true. And you can count on one thing that the rumble will be here to kind of help you guys. Um, in fact, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, make sure that you click like and subscribe. If you know somebody that needs to hear this, I encourage you to share it. Um, I also encourage you to get on the mailing list for control the narrative at remedyclaims.com forward slash training and get on the mailing list right away. I am looking forward um, to teaching that and we will be back next week. But in the meantime, You guys stay ready so you don't have to get ready, and we will see you on the next one.